prediabetes is associated with risk to developing diabetes, but also cardiovascular complications, including stroke and heart attack. But can pioglitazone mitigate these risks? And how does adherence affect outcomes? One clinical trial aimed to answer just that. Welcome to Diabetes Discourse on ReachMD. I'm Dr. John Buse, and joining us to talk about the Insulin Resistance Intervention After Stroke Trial, or IRIS for short, uh, which explored the impacts of pioglitazone in people who had a history of stroke and evidence of insulin resistance, is Dr. David Spence, a professor emeritus of neurology and clinical pharmacology at Western University and the director of the Stroke Prevention and Atherosclerosis Research Center in London, Ontario. Dr. Spence, thanks for being here today. It's my pleasure. So to begin with, Dr. Spence, can you tell us about the IRIS trial? What was the rationale behind it? The rationale was that pioglitazone is the most powerful therapy against insulin resistance. And it was well known that insulin resistance affects atherosclerosis and increases cardiovascular risk. So in the IRIS trial, we randomized patients who had insulin resistance defined by a a HOMA score, a homeostasis model score greater than three, which, which identifies insulin resistance. And in that study, the analysis was an intention to treat analysis. So the effect in, in the IRIS trial was not as impressive as it was in the study that I subsequently conducted in patients with prediabetes defined by an A1C level. The reason I did that was that I was trying to persuade the Ontario government to pay for pioglitazone for my patients. And they said, well, doctors don't measure a HOMA score, so it's not relevant. So that's why we did the study that was in JAMA Neurology 2019, was that we analyzed people who had prediabetes as opposed to people with insulin resistance. And in that study, the primary analysis was an analysis of people who actually took the medication. And the reason for that is that it is really not appropriate to do an intention to treat analysis of a drug that, that many people stop because of adverse effects. Great. So with that background in mind, let's dive into the results. Can you share some of your key findings? Yeah. And among people who took 80% of the protocol dose and, and something that is not well understood, protocol dose did not have to be the full 45 milligram dose because people put, could be down titrated if they had adverse effects from the full dose. And in that study, among people who took 80% of their protocol dose, there was an 82% reduction in new onset diabetes over five years and a 43% reduction in stroke and myocardial infarction over five years. And there was also a reduction of all the other endpoints that we looked at, such as heart failure, hospitalization, and so on. The problem is that the 45 milligram dose has fairly significant adverse effects. About 20% of people get leg swelling and about 10% of people get weight gain. So there's a lot of pushback against this medication on the part of pharmacists and, and physicians. There, there's also a myth about pioglitazone causing bladder cancer. Uh, there were some studies that showed that it did and some that showed it didn't. But in a, in a big meta-analysis, um, I went through it and calculated that if there were a risk of bladder cancer, and that's not for sure, if there were a risk of bladder cancer, the risk would be 0.006% per year which pales in comparison to an 80% reduction in the new onset diabetes 
and a 43% reduction of stroke in MI. Now, what we went on and did was, the, was a paper that was published in Diabetes, Obesity, and Metabolism, where we analyzed the effects of different doses of pioglitazone. And what we found was that the 15 milligram dose provided virtually all of the benefit of pioglitazone without the adverse effects. So I, I think pioglitazone should be much more widely used in people with with uh, prediabetes and 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 stroke and something that's useful to identify insulin resistance without doing a HOMA score um, is that we published in uh, lip, Lipidology a paper reporting that a high ratio of triglycerides to HDL identifies metabolic syndrome and insulin resistance. So if you've got a patient who's pre-diabetic with a high triglyceride and a low HDL, HDLC, that person is going to benefit from pioglitazone. That's extraordinary. For those just tuning in, you're listening to Diabetes Discourse on ReachMD. I'm Dr. John Buse, and today I'm speaking with Dr. David Spence about the IRIS trial and pioglitazone in prediabetes. Dr. Spence, so what you've told us so far is in this trial, whether you identified people with diabetes risk based on A1C or the HOMA score or the triglyceride to HDL ratio, that there's this extraordinary benefit of pioglitazone on the risk of stroke, cardiovascular events, and the development of diabetes. So there's two parts to the story. One is the dose part, whether we use 15 or 30 milligrams versus 45 milligrams. And the other part is the adherence part. You know, one thing that's fascinating is is your adherence analysis uh, compared to people that were adherent with placebo. And people who are adherent to placebo generally do quite well. So what do you think the, the right story is with regards to encouraging adherence and dose and uh, when using pioglitazone for diabetes prevention or cardiovascular risk reduction. That's why I think it's important to use the low dose because people are more likely to be adherent to it. Wonderful. And to bring it all together as a clinician, what do you think the role of pioglitazone should be in patients with cardiovascular disease and or prediabetes? Well, it's an off-label use in prediabetes, but our results in that JAMA neurology paper are so striking that I think it's something that clinicians should consider doing. And they could identify prediabetes by an A1C. They could identify insulin resistance by a high triglyceride HDL ratio, and that's going to find the patients that will benefit most from this medication. Before we close, do you have any final thoughts or takeaways you'd like to share with our audience? Yes, I think pioglitazone is tremendously underutilized because there's such an impression of its adverse effects. And if we can get around those adverse effects with a low dose, it should make it much more easy to use. Well, with those thoughts in mind, I want to thank my guest, Dr. David Spence, for sharing his research and insights with us today on pioglitazone in prediabetes. Dr. Spence, it was really a pleasure speaking with you today. My pleasure. For ReachMD, I'm Dr. John Hughes. To access this episode and others from our series, visit reachmd.com slash diabetes discourse, where you can be part of the knowledge. Thanks for listening.